the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We take this time every Monday to catch up with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management for Money Monday. It's a way for you to be aware of the latest trends in the market. Warning signs or go signs, what are they? And Josh joins me on Fridays for the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. It airs at 7 p.m. here on The Answer, and we replay it at noon on Saturday. They offer you a free consultation, no obligation at Aptus. They're located in Lewis Center, just off Route 750, and you can set up that consultation by calling their office at 614-917-1040 or by making your appointment online at Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. And Josh, as we talked Friday, I suppose we will be talking again this coming Friday, unless, you know, by some um, surprise to me at least, we have a debt ceiling agreement. Uh, we're not quite at the brink yet, and they're painting June 1st as the brink. Uh, why is the debt ceiling significant to markets and in terms of what you guys do, savings for retirement and investing and growing people's retirement nest eggs? Well, in general, the market likes status quo. In general, the market likes uh, money to be inexpensive. You know, think of being able to borrow money very easily so companies have the ability to grow their businesses, et cetera. So you know, if we don't raise the debt ceiling, then that essentially puts a halt or a pause on status quo. We don't know you know, what will happen, what programs will be cut, whether or not banks will be able to lend with the same fluidity that they have in the past. So, you know, not raising the debt ceiling is certainly a headwind for the overall market. And uh, I see that, you know, we've got a disagreement here in terms of the Republicans want the government to spend less, the Democrats want it to spend more. I actually heard today that uh, Joe Biden's budget is higher than the budget during COVID. And um, we've added, I think, I don't know, $10 trillion to the debt in the last few years. Um, does this imperil the U.S.'s standing economically throughout the world, or there are those modern monetary theory people who think that, no, you know, you can spend your way out of inflation and you can never uh, get the debt too high, that you just print more money and that fixes the issue? I'm certainly of the belief or the economic theory that, uh, you know, living within your means and spending within your means is the best approach. Unfortunately, the one thing that the Democrats and Republicans can agree on is that we need to continue with our deficit spending, where they're really just arguing over how much um, and for what programs and whose back it's scratched uh, for the other the other scratching. Right. But, you know, this concept is the, the left side of the House's belief is that if we spend into the whole. We spend we deficit spend ourselves to prosperity through building of infrastructure, et cetera then ultimately we'll end up, quote, saving money in the long run, or we'll end up being a more profitable country where the Republicans believe that while some of the infrastructure spending is required, uh, that you can't spend your way to prosperity, it would be akin to, I think Truman said, uh, it's like standing on a bucket and trying to pick it up by the handle. So (laughs) we'll see. Again, this is political, you know, jousting, uh, and, and ultimately we'll land somewhere that will include deficit spending, which I don't think is a great thing in the long run. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, it doesn't work in our households, but uh, they find a way to uh, 
continue to follow this path uh, on the federal level. Josh Pick is our guest. Aptus Wealth Management is Josh's firm. They're located in Lewis Center, not far from 23 and 270. Set up your free consultation so you understand how news events affect your retirement savings because you're trying to strive for financial independence later on in life. That's what they specialize in. They are fiduciaries. They are legally obligated to do what is best for you. So I'm a client, and I highly recommend them to you, 614-917-1040, for your consultation. Or you can make your appointment online at Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, AptusWealth.com. And this debt ceiling drama, it's been good for T-bills. I see that uh, earlier this month when we had uh, debt talks stalling, uh, Treasury bills hit record highs. What's the relationship between the two? Can you explain to me why that's really good when we uh, don't have a pending agreement, or at least we have people pending, uh, posing a scenario of impending doom? Why is that good for T bills? Yeah, not much. Unlike the rest of life, there's there's two components that have a bunch of little subsets, but the two components that drive the price of T bills is facts and feeling. And the facts are that interest rates are rising. There is, uh, you know, something called a risk-free rate of return, which means how much is somebody? Are you? Do you have to pay somebody in the way of interest for them to actually purchase your debt? Mm. And as interest rates continue to rise, and the Fed continues to try to combat inflation, and it looks like you know globally this is still an ongoing problem, you're going to have to give me more in the way of an interest rate for me to buy your debt. So that's number one. That's just the facts. Number two is amidst all of this global uncertainty and amidst all of the pessimism surrounding the market and the future of our economy, people are looking for safety, and people still view T-bills as a very, very safe place to be. So their feelings are also being pointed in that direction. Now, the next logical question would be, well, it seems like the perfect marriage. If everybody's uncertain and rates are going up, sounds like, and we're, we are not confident that the market's going to continue to climb. A matter of fact, there's more pessimists than optimists out there then maybe we should go to that direction. And, and maybe that's true, but the problem is the way that most people buy bonds in general is through bond funds. And if we're buying those because we believe that inflation is still a problem and the Fed will have to continually raise interest rates, then you better know how to do that or you run the risk of uh, your interest rates rising, your bonds being sold without your control via bond fund, and interest rates and bonds are inversely proportional. So as interest rates go down, if the demand does not exceed just the intrinsic nature of the way these things work, your bonds can actually decline in value. So where you went to safety might not end up being as safe as you thought. So tread lightly, be careful. Josh, pick our guest. Aptus Wealth Management is Josh's firm. And you and I have chatted before on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint radio show about the push-pull here. One bad headline uh, almost always leads to a good headline somewhere else. There's this disagreement where things are headed that speaks to the volatility that we have out there. Uh, but I noticed uh, a story today that there's an investor out there who has looked at the market and he's gauging how many people are optimistic about the market, the bu- the uh, the bulls, and he's gauging how many people are pessimistic about the market, the bears. And he says that when you have more bears than bulls, more people pessimistic than optimistic, typically that's good for the market in the short term and in like, you know, maybe up to a year's time. And what I gathered from the story is that essentially when people are pessimistic about the market, the market does better than their pessimism expects. And when people are optimistic about the market, the market never does quite as well 
as their optimism suggests. What does that tell you about human nature? And maybe you could pair that with some things that you glean from talking to your clients at Aptus Wealth Management. You know, it's funny. We always say, uh, you know, very anecdotally that where is the bottom of the market? When you reach a point mentally that you believe there is no bottom and it's going to be complete and other Armageddon, once you believe that, that's usually the turning point. And then when you believe on the top end that there's there's no top to this, there's no way that it's going to stop. Everything is just so good that we are forever living in the ideal utopia. That's usually the top. So you're not wrong in that kind of analysis. However, there's a myriad of indexes and a myriad of studies that, that kind of look at this. And I, I think the one that makes the most sense to me is something called the behavioral gap of finance. And the behavioral gap is essentially a metric that measures how does the average investor do investing in the market versus what does the market actually do? And we hear oftentimes that, you know, it's, it's mutual funds don't outperform their index or it's money managers that don't outperform the index. And while sometimes that's true, oftentimes it's true, uh, what is more true is that people and their emotions get the best of them and they end up buying high and selling low. And the difference between that, you know, 9 or 10% uh, rate of return that you could have got and the five that you did receive is usually based upon investor you know, sentiment, uh, which is the same as what you're talking about. So I would caution everybody as they're investing uh, to make sure that they're making decisions based upon factual data rather than on anecdotal emotional data. Or you could end up being one of these statistics, much like you just said, right? I mean, that's that's not rooted in any sort of fact. That is a one uh, one metric of a million metrics that is being used as the gospel, which just simply does not work out that way. Yeah, and Josh and I talk all the time on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show about fear and how dangerous fear can be when you're making your decisions based on fear. I'd encourage you to listen to the show this weekend, 7 o'clock Friday night, replay noon on Saturday. You get a lot of great concepts. You start to understand what is going on, why it's going on, and more importantly, how to react to it. That's what my wife and I gained from our association with Aptus is peace of mind and understanding the market. Set up your consultation today, 614-917-1040, or make your appointment online at Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. Josh, great having you on the show. We look forward to seeing you on Friday afternoon. Thanks, Bruce. So interesting, one hour ago, Tucker Carlson tweeted a couple of wide-open eyeballs while retweeting a tweet from a guy by the name of Chadwick Moore. Chadwick Moore is a contributing editor to the publication called The Spectre, Spectator, rather, Spectator. And Chadwick Moore is also the author of a Tucker Carlson biography that was supposed to come out later this year, now is going to be expedited in its publishing. Uh, Chadwick Moore posts a two-minute video here, which I've not been able to make my way through it yet, but he claims to have a copy of what was going to be Tucker Carlson's monologue on the Monday that he was not allowed to do the show because he had been fired on Friday, or they had parted ways. He's technically not fired if he was fired if his non-disclosure agreement or his uh, non-compete clause had been adjudicated, he could still be back doing what he's doing somewhere. So uh, you can go to Twitter and find that. We'll have more details on that tomorrow. Why do I bring that up? Because, A, Tucker's very interesting. And because 
I also have in my hand a story that I started to tell you about at 12.15 from the Daily Signal, which goes through Fox News' policy on people who claim to be a sex other than the one they were born. Now, Fox may be prisoner here to New York state law, which, of course, is as woke as New York State and New York City in particular. But Fox requires its employees to call people by their preferred pronouns. It lets people use the restroom they want to use. Uh, A couple quotes from former Fox employees. Fox News devotes hours of programming to attacking woke companies. But ironically, Fox is as woke as the rest of them, a former Fox News employee told The Daily Signal. The employee said Fox viewers would be astonished to find out what the company is like. Again, they got to comply with law. Or they could move. They could move to Tennessee like the Daily Wire did. They could move to Texas like Tesla did. They could move to Florida. That would be what I would do rather than subject my people to these ridiculous policies. Build your own media empire somewhere else. Of course, Fox already is a media empire. They could do it. They're just not doing it. If you can pay $800 million to Dominion, you can afford to go move your operations from New York City to another place. Fox News policy provides employees time off for treatment, hormone treatments, testosterone, estrogen, medical procedures, gender reassignment, surgery, and the like. A final quote. When trans-identifying TikTok star Dylan Mulvaney was first gaining prominence last year, producers for Tucker Carlson had tonight had to fight Fox management to be able to refer to Mulvaney with male pronouns. And they also had to fight to have Matt Walsh of the Daily Wire on, who has condemned Fox for its use of male pronouns when talking about biological women and female pronouns when talking about fake women like Dylan Mulvaney and Will Thomas. I refuse to call Will Thomas Leah Thomas because Will Thomas is Will Thomas. He's not Leah Thomas. Now, over the weekend in California, we had another girl denied a an accomplishment she earned because she was cheated out of it by a boy. A boy who goes by the name of Athena Ryan. Athena Ryan is a boy. Athena Ryan was born a boy, and Athena Ryan was competing as a boy two years ago. The last two years, Athena Ryan has been running as a girl, and over the weekend, Athena Ryan took second place in the California girls' 1,600-meter run at whatever regional competition this fake girl was competing in. I got to tell you, the only reason this is going on is because Athena Ryan is not in a bazillion years able to get to the state track meet as a boy. In Saturday's meet, oh, I love this, Outkick refers to Athena Ryan by the pronoun he, because he is a he. In Saturday's race, Athena Ryan clocked a season best (laughs) four minutes and 56 seconds in the 1,600-meter finals. Okay. His time would have finished last in the male category. Of course it would have. I know this because this was my race my senior year of high school many years ago. Um, Shall I say how many? Four decades ago. Okay. Now, a lot has happened in terms of training, nutrition, in the intervening 40 years. 4.56 for the 1,600-meter running? 
wouldn't have smelled it in boys' competition at my little tiny country high school back when I was in school. The slowest male time in the finals was 4.35.12, which is, ironically, my best time in high school. So I would have been last in the state of California as a boy, unless I had contended I was a girl, and then I would have been phenomenal. And I've also been a big, fat liar and a cheat and mentally ill. A group of protesters held a banner at the California event reading, Protect Female Sports. They were asked to leave and escorted off the premises. Of course they were. Of course they were. Now, I noticed there's this vestige of a budding movement against boycott, uh, 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 against, uh, trying to institute a boycott of Target. My family's been boycotting Target for like 10 years. If you just now became aware that Target stores are awash in pride merchandise, if you just now became aware of this, man, where have you been? We have not shopped at Target in 10 years. I will never shop at Target again. Target was the first place to allow men to go into women's spaces when they contended they were women. Don't shop at Target. Say, oh, they have such cute clothes for my girls. Find them somewhere else. Get online and do a search, would you please? Wokest companies out there, companies that donate to LGBTQ causes, and then don't patronize those companies. It's not that hard, people. Go find alternate sources. Some of the merchandise on sale at Target. Too queer for here. And cure transphobia, not trans people. I mean, give me a break. They have on their website, at least the vendor does, a product page for the Satan Respects Pronouns t-shirts. <laughs> which talks about how LGBTQ plus people are so often referred to as being a product of Satan or going against God's will, while making the case that the Church of Satan and the Satanic Temple are more accepting of the gay community. Quote, Satanists don't actually believe in Satan. He is merely used as a symbol of passion, pride, and liberty. He means to you what you need him to mean. So for me, Satan is hope, compassion, equality, and love. So naturally, Satan respects pronouns. He loves all LGBTQ plus people. Yes, he does. 100% right on that. He does love them all. He'll love them right into the hot fire of hell. I want to end by mentioning a gentleman that has been my distinct pleasure for the past 20 plus years to be his neighbor. He passed away and we had... His funeral Saturday is a big family, is a wife, an awesome marriage for more than 50 years. The richness of a family lived according to God's plan. Can't beat it. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.